0: Well, the world coffee at a time. I'm your host, Chris Parker Howard. And today on the show, we have got my dear personal friend and life coach, Aaron Harinamjaya Haifley. I've known this guy a long, long time. I've seen the personal growth that he's had, and I've also seen the personal growth that I've had just through knowing him. Uh, And then later through coaching uh, this is a really fantastic conversation we're going to get into it but like we always do right up top we're gonna check in and just kind of uh, uh, shoot the breeze a little bit about what's going on with me especially since i'm uh, over a month or or more into this new medication that i've been that i've been singing the praises of let's talk a little bit about some of the side effects shall we and is it worth it um, let's see. One of the side effects of the restless legs, I believe that has more or less been solved. Um, seems to have evened out. My prescription has me on five mils one day, ten mils another day. Um, and uh that seems to have really helped. Um so sometimes just because there's side effects doesn't mean there's nothing you can do. So that's fantastic. I really like that. Uh, weight gain yeah, weight gain is real, but, but, uh, I did just get some new running shoes and, uh, hopefully exercise will combat the weight gain and, um, and I'll feel just fine. Um, so those, those things are real. Um, is there some other stuff? Yeah, you betcha there is, but is it, uh, is it, uh, uh negative? I guess that depends on your perspective. Um, I haven't really I haven't really had any uh serious serious side effects. I guess we'll just say that. Things seem to be going well. Um, is it still as effective as it was when I first started taking it? I mean that's subjective too. Um, no, I have not had any suicidal thoughts um, since starting this round of medication. Uh, which is a net positive all the way around. The issue, however, is that the depression still kind of comes and goes. But here's the thing. Here's the best part about that. Um, It seems to have less teeth. And super grateful for that. Super, super, super duper grateful for that. So... Uh, all of that's going really well. Thank you for checking in with me. And uh, don't forget to go to the Thursday meetings. Uh, Thursday meetings for Coffee Over Suicide. It's every single Thursday. Go to meetup.com. They are uh, they are free. It's like group therapy without the therapist. Think of me like a good-natured dog. I am here to facilitate, uh, but you know i i don't have any credentials to speak of um it's just a good time bunch of people with different issues getting together to talk about their issues and it's not recorded and it's a great group of people so come and join us come and join us meetup.com coffee over suicide you'll find us well without further ado Let's get into this really, really great conversation with Aaron. We talk about all kinds of things, Eastern philosophy, core energy coaching, uh, isolation, kindness. We talk about all of it. Let's get into it right now, this conversation with Aaron Haefeli. Going. Hi. Technical difficulties in the beginning. It's always fun.
1: It is, right?
0: Yeah. So uh, first things first, before we like dive right in, I guess we're gonna just dive right in. First, first of all,
1: uh, where am I talking to you from? I'm coming to you from the Hafley family basement in Freeland, Michigan, mm. a suburb of the Mecca of Sag- Saginaw, Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: and and uh, that is where I know you from.
1: Yeah. Uh, we,
0: we grew up there together. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the things that I remember most are I remember uh, traveling in uh, almost like Venn diagram circles around each other uh, where we would kind of intersect with each other and then kind of past each other. And then back in intersecting with each other. And so I've known you in several different capacities as a human being before you became this and I became this. Yeah. And that's Yeah, wild. I mean we go
1: it is wild. We go we go a ways back. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, uh talk to me a little bit about um, you know, the the one of the things that I, I'm most interested in is we've known each other for a long, long time and there are a bunch of things that I just don't know. And it, it's like that with with everybody, I think. there, So it's it's kind of great when you get the opportunity to talk to somebody in a context like this, because you get to ask some of those questions that maybe you don't think to ask in the first place. So yeah. let me ask this, uh, give me a little bit of a breakdown on your history, like like uh, where you were raised, siblings, what your family life was like, like, what was little what was little Aaron like when you first came to your consciousness,
1: let's say great question. So was raised in small town, Saginaw, Michigan, um very loving family, one sister, and was born into an LGBT body. <laughs> During a time that that was a little more taboo, I guess you'd say, and um, yeah, grew up in in Saginaw, in in a very special place that you understand well. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, Tell tell me a little bit about that. About um, like when did you? When was your first awareness that you weren't straight?
1: Gosh, you know, I think before I even knew what the spectrum of sexuality or gender meant, right? Like mm, yeah. I remember watching <laughs> watching um the original Superman movies and being like that guy just looks good in my eyes, right? <laughs> right. Christopher Reeves in his yeah. prime. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. uh I think it was pretty similar for me. Um you know, I, uh, <laughs> I, not to be so stereotypical, but I had a shitload of He Man toys. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, I think there was something about the, uh, the half nude loincloth dudes that was like, yeah, I could see that. That works for me. But, you know, for me, um, whereas I did see a lot of people expressing themselves, um, you know, especially in the '90s, as things kind of started to come into their own, uh, I the the moment I started to flirt with the idea of being public about being bisexual uh, was about the moment I was getting my ass kicked on a pretty regular basis, uh, just because people assumed I might be gay, and so it was like, nope. Back to the closet we go, <laughs> and that's where we're gonna hang out. And I had such an admiration for people uh, that had the bravery to say, "No, fuck that. I'm, I'm doing this." And in and in spite of everything, I mean, it's, your family life was good, you know. Uh, but but talk to me a little bit about that because those things. I mean, even then. It was, I, well, I'll let you tell it like,
1: (laughs) yeah, you know, coming out in the nineties wasn't easy. Um, being gay called gay was just not a positive statement. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, discovering who I was and stepping forward on that path was not easy I was raised in a highly religious home and had it drilled into my head that I should be a certain way. And I kept asking God to make me straight, make me, yeah. make me be whole. And that prayer wasn't answered. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> but it was tough, you know, and yeah. uh, it led me to, um, feeling less than over and over and over at a young age you know and um my ability to connect with people i i also i just remember being young and feeling very isolated as a uh, i don't fit into this pool of people right and um that led to s- self-worth stuff you know and it was when i was 18 that i thought okay i'm going to dip out i don't want to be in this body anymore yeah, I've asked God to make me not this way, and I'm just disappointing everyone. So I should not be here. Yeah. Um. And then I had a revelation that I was supposed to be here, <laughs> <laughs> and here we are now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, so with regards to that, uh, and you know, it's different for everybody how did, how did your family, how did your family
1: handle it? For the most part with grace, you know, um, my mom is just an incredible human being and held me in her arms and told me it was okay. And, um, my coming out story was a little weird, right? Because I was in the midst of a suicide attempt. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, the nurse in the hospital came out for me <laughs> and told my mom that your son's tried ending his life because he's gay, which I didn't really feel at the time was the case. Yeah. Uh, but my mom was loving and, you know, took my dad a little bit longer to process what it all was. Right. Um. But, yeah, you know, we got through it.
0: Well, and then it became beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, it was... You know, it's so funny thinking back on that time and how different everything was, you know. Um, and just that, you know, it was like... Um, like you and I have lived through the... Uh, say, the Berlin Wall coming down. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah. You know, it's yeah. it, it was... You know, acceptance started to show up and it, it in small performative ways publicly, in ways that were, you know, making society sort of loosen things and change things. And, you know, and then uh, eventually we got to where we are now, which is mostly acceptance. Mostly. Yeah. Although, yeah, we could get into the backward. It's kicking and screaming
1: that's happening at the moment. <laughs> right. But, well, it's an, but, it's weird, yeah. Chris, you know, because I think of that time in the 90s and how music influenced society, right? Because yeah. I think, from my perspective, a pivotal moment was Kurt Cobain and Nirvana. Like, you know, yeah. I just saw this man um, who I interpret as being bisexual, whether he ever came out or not. Like, it just, yeah. I could feel that. And, yeah, I did it see seemed it. it seemed like with alternative music um more of the mainstream mindset started to soften to like lgbt people i guess you'd say yeah um, yeah it
0: was all over the place i mean you had uh uh and veteran anthony ketis uh kissing yeah. like in rolling stone magazine and it was like it was like oh okay the biggest rock stars in the world are you know anti homophobic like Yeah, it's it's not enough to just be quiet they're being loud now yeah awesome
1: (laughs) yeah 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 i think music really influenced the lgbt world at that time you know madonna was out there with gay dancers and the whole the whole music scene was sort of shifting things but you know in small town saginaw michigan things (laughs) don't move so fast right Mm -hmm. like being gay was still a derogatory thing that you should be ashamed of. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. There uh, was uh,
0: at the time, at least for a while, there was one, one gay bar, uh, and it was sketchy as all fuck. Uh, <laughs> uh,
1: Bambi's bottoms up.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was uh, it was a wild, it was the wild west in there, and there was a yeah. lot of stuff going on that I, I won't repeat here, but. I've definitely seen seen and been a participant in a lot of illegal things, Uh, (laughs) just (laughs) you know, uh, boats full of cocaine and just insanity, insanity. Uh, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, But you know, to have come from that, I think that I, I think that there there are a couple of different things that can happen to you when you face an adversity in a city that seems pretty intent on crushing just about everybody to make sure we all stay down. Um, And I think that it can either galvanize you or it can traumatize you. But the more I think about it as I age, I think it does all of it. I think you are galvanized, you are traumatized and it's, it's your way of coping with that trauma. It's your way of um, utilizing the armor that you've given yourself that is going to depend upon how you comport yourself in your daily life and how you see yourself, whether it be um, victimized or, uh, uh, you know, a survivor or strong or weak or anything like that you know there are so many things that are in your own eyes uh, for how you see yourself and how you carry yourself and and what it is you see as your options going forward it's like all of these labels that you give yourself connect like blinders um, to the larger picture which is to say no all of these things are a part of you but which part are you letting talk right now you know what i mean yeah
1: yeah i feel that right like I always, I often think about my experience growing up in Saginaw as an LGBT person and how, um, it got pounded into my mind that I was less than, right? Yeah. And, and I've thought about how that has impacted my life and other LGBT folks that I have interacted with because it's like, when you're raised believing you're less than by society, you have to overachieve to prove that you have any worth. Right. You have to, oh, you have to show up on time. You have to do a great job at work, be the best. You have to keep striving, keep proving for yourself. And then at some point or many times, burnout sets in, right? Because there's this subconscious, you're not good enough if you don't prove that you have a seat to be here. Right.
0: Well, talk to me a little bit about, um, uh, you know after that after that first attempt um talk to me about how you started to get your head right after that hmm. like what was what was the process
1: for you on that? I had a lot going on, you know my um, self worth stuff came bubbling out as an Raging bulimic eating disorder. (laughs) So, I had a couple years where I had to just hang on, right? Going to therapy, doing medications, um, doing inpatient stay in Grand Rapids. Yeah. Um, and I had to, I kind of feel like I had to fight for it, you know, to say, I know I'm supposed to be here. Um, I, I'm gonna get through this, you know, and um, leaning on my family, my mom did not let me off the hook <laughs> 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 I kept saying, "Come on, we're gonna get through this, you know yeah. and uh, and that led me down a path of spirituality, you know, um, knowing that there was something greater out there and I wasn't a grand mistake, right. And what was
0: the what was the spirituality that finally clicked for you?
1: Um, it kind of started with the new age uh, metaphysical world, right? Yeah. Um, I have a friend named Stephanie who is a trans channeler, and uh, I was introduced to her in my early twenties, and she helped do a deep healing for me helping me see that um, I'm not a broken <laughs> void problem that fell into this planet. <laughs> yeah. Like God does love me and I do have a purpose here. And even knowing what that is doesn't matter. aside of spending love and um, being my true authentic self. Yeah. And that's been something I've been fighting for ever since.
0: Well, and, you know, I love, I, I, I really love that you have found this, this path of taking the things that you've done and uh, passing it on to others and uh, to the point where you're coaching now and you really get into uh, helping people tap into their different energies and bring themselves forward to the, the higher part of their being. Um, and the thing that I really love about that is that I think far too often, especially for us in our generation, like uh not to not to stay too much in this in this realm, but I think it's relevant. I think that too many times in our generation, like any time we're talking about um, you know someone from the l g b t q uh, community. Um, it's it, it, There are all of these stories of adversity and pain, and, and it's not stories about joy and success and love. Uh, there's not enough of that. And I think that one of the things I really love is that, yeah, 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 we have our past and our past is important. And all of that pain and trauma is important. But so is all of the grand joy and discovery and happiness and, you know, uh, relationships and, uh, and, and feeling authentic in the world and then being successful in the world and having our point of view carry us forward, uh, into success because of our different
1: perspective. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, right? Because when we're down in the dumps, that's where we really feel that helpless, hopeless, stuck, heavy, can't move. It's hard to get out of that. It's like quicksand. Yeah. Yeah. You're like stuck in tar. And, um, you know, I have to say, like, finding yoga, finding a spiritual teacher, my guru, majaya, Sati, Bhagavati... Um, and Neem Crowley Baba, like, it helped propel me, right? Um, and I do think coaching is one gift that they gave me, pushed me down that path, I guess you'd say. Yeah. Because it helped me, um, not that I ever was verbally telling my, my traumatic history, right? If anything, it was right. something I tried to stuff in a bag in the back of the closet <laughs> and like yeah. not think about, um, but it reminded me that kindness rules all things. And that's not just kindness to others, but it's kindness to myself, right? And I think in this time of political unsteadiness and media creating division, leaning into unity and kindness is, uh, a, an, a, for me, an exciting challenge, right? Like, how yeah. can I love the, how can I love my neighbor more than yesterday without carrying yeah. their burdens? Right.
0: Yeah. Well, well, talk to me a little bit about how you came to your
1: guru. Great question. Um, <laughs> that, that's that. Could, we could have a whole session around that. Um, Ma Jaya was born in the Holy Land of Brooklyn. And in the seventies, relocated to Sebastian, Florida. Mm-hmm. And my mom's twin sister lived in Florida. And I always felt the pull to the warmth, um, yeah. and the, the ocean. And through life, I was introduced to Swami Nityananda from India, living enlightened master. And he opened my mind to Eastern philosophy and meditation and kirtan and mantra and all that stuff. And then I moved to Madison, Wisconsin and became friends with Ma Shakti Das, a kirtan wala and spiritual teacher. And he, (laughs) that's a whole path. He, um, he introduced me to Neem Karoli Baba. And so then I moved to Florida and went to a Madison Yahoo concert Met a Swami there who led me to my guru, Mahajaya, and her ashram, Kashi Ashram. And, uh, it was interesting finding a guru that's in the formless, not in the flesh, right? Because, um, it's easy to connect with a person in the body, right? You can sit with them, touch them. Yeah. Uh, but to have a spiritual teacher that's not in the body is a very different experience that I never, was seeking, right? Like it wasn't on my list of things to do. It just happened. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, talk to me a little bit about when you're, when you're coaching with someone like, uh, uh, I want to, I really want to get into um, the, uh, the catabolic anabolic energy yeah conversation because that's that's one of the things that like really fires me up I really love it uh, talk talk a little about that
1: sure like I guess the first thing to say is that with you know I do core energy coaching i with ipec and with that coaching there's a lot of misconceptions around what coachings is right like I'm not yeah. gonna show up and tell you what to do I'm not going to give you a recipe to fix your life. <laughs> like in this right. type of coaching, we trust that, you know, the answers and sometimes you just need the questions asked in a different way. Yeah. Um, were you going to say something? <laughs>
0: no, no. Okay. I, 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 but, but I will say this, like I've often heard coaching referred to as uh, therapy is about looking backward and coaching is about looking forward.
1: Yeah. We definitely embody that, I believe, and um, keep leaning towards where you feel the energy flow, right? And that's where I think, for me, Kali not the Yoga, yoga teachings from Ajaya plug into core energy coaching because with with um, core energy coaching, it really helps us see consciousness in a different way. You were saying you wanted to lean into that catabolic and anabolic energy and what a breaks down to is there is no good or bad for stuff we have to agree with that which is really hard for our human mind to process (laughs) yeah um but once we try to accept not even that we're saying that we have to accept it as we, we maybe apply if that idea could be real that um With catabolic energy, there's a breaking down, a purging. And that's where that hopeless, helpless, stuck feeling comes in. But that isn't always bad, right? Like, I recently had my dad passed away, like a month ago. And I was feeling a little hopeless for a minute, you know? I was missing my dad. I was processing grief. That is a healthy human consciousness, right? Yeah. And as we look at the spectrum of energy and consciousness and we move from like that stuck feeling and then maybe we get to like frustration, resentment, anger, holding on to the past, a lot of heavy judgment, um, with others and ourselves still a breaking down energy. Yeah. Not a fun space to sit in every day. (laughs) Like it's not sustainable. Um, and that's where we pivot. We find grace, find forgiveness for ourselves and others, and start to move into feeling more fulfillment, right? A more satisfied energy, a more more possibilities that there could be something more out there. There's a lightness. You can feel it lift.
0: Yeah. Well, and yeah. you have to go through something like that. There's there's no way around it's, it's, it's only through, but how you, how you train, you know, for any given situation, the, the daily practice of, you know, what are, I, I think people don't think about it. I think people live without thinking about it, because it comes naturally. To yeah. stumble through life. It comes very naturally. Anyone can stumble through life and have successes and failures and uh trip-ups and and survive it and and sure. completely get by and go your whole life without ever even thinking about, you know, what it is that we're doing. But I think that once you start taking the idea of You know, stepping back and looking at the situation that you're in, whatever it is, in any given context, and trying to have some level of awareness about it. I think that just the very creaking open the door of awareness changes the way that you show up to situations and changes the way that you perceive possibilities of the situations that you find yourself in. And just the very idea of being open to things being not as they initially seem, you'll start to notice that nothing is. Does
1: that make yeah. sense? Yeah, I feel that, right? Because as we get tight, yeah, as we get fearful, fight or flight is there. We protect ourselves, we've got our barriers up, and we hold back, right? Because we don't want to be hurt. We don't want to hurt other people. That It's like we're opening the history book of our life. Like, I'm not going to have that happen again, and I'm not going to have that, (laughs) I'm not going to have that. And um, as we lean into self-awareness, we start owning how we feel, releasing the narrative a little bit. Right. Yeah. That I deserve this or, um, the universe has cursed me and I'm just at the mercy of this thing giving me problems. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then by creaking open that door, like you mentioned, we start going like, what's out here? What's on the other side of this? Could there be more?
0: Now, talk to me a little bit about the anabolic energy.
1: Well, the anabolic energy is that yummy heart-centered stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Think about like hugging yeah. somebody that you love or um, spending time with someone that makes you feel totally filled up energetically, right? Um, that's yeah. that anabolic energy. It's that joy, service, Um removing the barriers between you and I, and we become we. If you think yeah. about the corporate world, right, like when teams are thriving and doing great work and achieving goals, that's a very anabolic feeling. You're like, we can accomplish anything together. Uh, all of that really feels good. And um, it's a more productive space, a more productive consciousness to to sit in, right? And in core energy coaching, we look at scenarios as being like multifaceted, right? So if you think about a meeting you're gonna have, right? You could look at it through different angles. You could be from the catabolic viewpoint with, I hate these type of meetings, they never go good, it's gonna be bad news, all that heavy stuck kind of energy or resentful viewpoint like, I can't believe they're wasting my time pulling me into this meeting. This is such a waste of time, this is frustrating. Yeah. And then you start to move through it, like, you know what, maybe this meeting might be okay, right? Like, maybe we'll we'll get we'll come to an understanding. And then it moves into, well, I'm gonna show up because I wanna help other people. Like it's going to, I'm, I'm, I have a purpose to be here. And then it turns into, I love meeting cause we come up with new ideas and it's a pivotal moment and I get to be here. It's like, there's, it's still the same meeting. <laughs> yeah. It's just the way we look at it. And, um, there's something to be said about the self-awareness of how you're showing up, right? what's energy in your body when you're stepping towards this thing. But also right. it's like, does my is my view serving me? Is it filling me or is it deflating? Um and that can kind of lead your consciousness where you want to be. Sometimes you want to be pissed off for a minute. Like, I'm not over this. Yeah. <laughs> I need to sit here for a second and I need to feel heard. Um and that's totally okay. Um There's no right or wrong. It just is.
0: Right. There's 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 pros and cons to every situation. Like, there's there's a a positive aspect to negative thinking, and there's a negative aspect to positive thinking.
1: Yeah. And
0: you know, it's it's learning it's learning to live with that balance of things, and just deciding which thing is going to serve you better in any given moment. It's you really nailed it on the head there. It's it's really how is this serving me? Because yeah. sometimes. Sometimes anger is a gift. Sometimes uh, 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 sadness is exactly what you need in that moment um, to help you process whatever it is you're going through. Uh, You know, ignoring something for the sake of positivity. I see toxic positivity all the time online. Yeah, It's all over the place. Uh, But, you know, I think it's because people have a difficulty with... Uh, the idea that the negative is an okay space to be in sometimes, its because it's so necessary. We have it for a reason. We have these feelings for a reason. We have tear ducts for a reason, you know? Yeah, I feel that, right? Talk to me a little bit about um, I, I, I have so many questions. I, I, <laughs> I just love everything about this. Uh, uh, s- speak a little bit more on that, uh, about the, um, uh, the, the way, it, because that's something that I definitely got from you. Um, the idea of, uh, these emotions are not right or wrong, Just are they serving me in any given situation? Is there an example that you can think of where you've had something, something negative that uh, was or wasn't serving you, or something positive that was or wasn't serving you?
1: Yeah, great question. You know, I'm going to speak a little hypothetically, but I think it'll make sense, right? Mm. Like, yeah, yeah. If a person is. Feeling resentful about their job, right? Yeah. Like I don't just—I'm not getting paid enough. I don't get a lot of opportunities. My boss is uh, whatever. Um, and then you're stuck in that lower vibration of you know I'm just stuck. I can't catch a break. I've been here for. There's a whole story, a whole ner- narrative, right? Right. But if you untangle all of that, how does it feel? It feels heavy. It feels stuck feels not moving right and as we start to look at the energy and we say well how do you want to feel every day i want to feel joyful i want to feel excited i want to feel like i'm making an impact um then then we lead into that energy right like what would change for you um and it could be staying right where you're at changing your point of view or it could be you know what i'm ready to do something new And there's not, there is no right or wrong. It's just following your path. Right. And, um, when we're stuck, when our consciousness is low, it's hard to get out of that. Right. Yeah. That's why I think it's really important. I know for me and I think others to know who is that person that's that energetic reset for you. We all have them. Right. Um, who is that person that brings you back into homeostasis? Not in a sticky hanging on way, but, um, you know, even just a phone call or a cup of coffee with that person can help you get, be like, you know what? I am okay. And, um, can lead you away from that storytelling. I've been contemplating through there's, there's a trying to think how to explain this. Like in yoga, there's a teaching of ego and heart right Mm -hmm. and we know the ego is there to protect us right keep us from being hurt which is good Mm -hmm. um but the ego can also keep us frozen and it will fuck with us a little bit Yeah, (laughs) that's where those weird mind things come up nobody likes you you're not good enough you don't have good ideas all that kind of negative chatter right um And in the ego, the way we know if we're in the ego or not is is judgment showing up. Are we stepping into our righteousness? Hey, the way that person shows up is fucked up. That's all our own ego. And when we're in that energy, we're in a catabolic space, right? Because it's right, wrong, what they're doing to so-and-so, and what? why am I right, and they're wrong, and all that michigas but when we drop into the heart um that's when we pivot right because then we're not making excuses we're not judging a person's decision making or their intentions their intentions or any of that right um we're just thinking we see them for who they are um and and truly listen to what they're asking for even if it doesn't come out of their mouth with words does that make sense
0: it does yeah i i mean you can you can almost sense how much someone is carrying just based on their behavior and their body language sometimes it's yeah. just in the eyes
1: yeah you can feel it yeah and um it's been interesting for me to chew on that concept. Am I in the ego or am I in the heart? I can't be in both. Yeah. And um, wow. And I recently had a Swami say to me, like, I don't want to talk to people's egos anymore. <laughs> I want to talk to their heart. Because when you're yeah. in their ego, it's just sort of like, mm, da, 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 just spins around, right? Of mm-hmm. judgment and trust and all that kind of stuff um but when you drop into the heart um you get out of that story you just align with the person and um you think about their best interest without judgment but judgment is, is so a heavy hard. thing
0: yeah it, it's it, but it's so hard to let go of i mean yeah. it's it, th- th- if you really think about it judgment is a way of of staying safe Judgment comes from that same place of, you know, I need to know where everyone is. I need to know where you stand. I need to know what you are. I need to know if you're a threat or not a threat. Yeah. I mean, if you really break it down and what are you a threat to? What are you a threat for?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It makes me think of uh, going on a hike, right? Like yeah. you walk up to the entrance of the hike and you see a sign that says grizzly bears have been seen today. Yes. <laughs> it's like, am I willing to take that risk? The mm-hmm. ego will probably say, mm, I don't think you should walk down the grizzly bear path today. <laughs> 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 Maybe I'll go down that other path, right? Um, and, and in those ways, the ego, it, it, we're, it's a grace to have it, right? Yeah. Um. But when it comes to just the way we interact with uh the barista at Starba- Starbucks or right, you know some meeting we're at at work or you know um uh an appointment that gets canceled, that sort of stuff like that's where the ego can chime in and steal our joy
0: You start seeing and, grizzly
1: bears everywhere, yeah, yeah, right, and it's not a fun place to live like and it wouldn't be a fun place to live
0: to see uh you know fairies and angels everywhere it's yeah. like y- you know what i mean because that that won't serve you either that yeah. that level of i mean you know what the grizzly bear probably just needs a friend i'm a go hike like yeah. no i don't think so i mean you need to have a healthy balance between those things it's like but finding that balance means that you have to be aware you have to be looking for it
1: yeah Well, and if there's a flutter of fire, you might take the grizzly bear path. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, you gotta, ego is fight or flight. You know, it's going to help us decide where to go. And, you know, I, we're all human. I'm human, right? Like that's where I lean into my practices a lot, Chris, because anxiety is real. It's a genetic Mm -hmm. thing. I'm wired for it. Um, and I now, me personally can see when I'm my stuff's coming up. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, Ooh, I'm really anxious right now. And it doesn't, it's not even about a, like my mind doesn't have to get to the narrative place, but it's about what's energetically showing up, showing up in my body. And, um, you know, there's some simple practice that I just lead into because I want to be balanced. That's a value to me. Um,
0: Well, talk to me Um, a little about that, like for the the practice that you follow when, like, so when Aaron wakes up in the morning, what's, what's your, what's your go-to? Do you have ritual? Do you, uh, do you wake up and say, all right, first things first, make the coffee, then maybe shower, then maybe do this, or, uh, or are you a, you know, do you, do you uh, reflect? Do you, I mean, what's your, what's your process? Great question.
1: So Ma Jaya taught that we always wake up and take five deep breaths when we're still in bed. Mm. So five start the day with five deep breaths. Um, and then it kind of goes from there. Um, oftentimes I will practice a sadhana, which is a yoga practice of 40 days of yoga, where you do the same practice every day for 40 days. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't just have to be physical practice. Like, sadhana could be chanting or writing in a journal, Um could be going for a walk for 40 days. It's giving yourself a reset through a practice. Yeah. Um, and I have been practicing a consistent, I have had a consistent sadhana practice since about 2019. Oh, lovely. And I have to say, sadhana carried me through COVID lockdowns a lot because every morning I just got up and threw myself on my yoga mat and got my energy moving, and um, it was a grace to have that. I think, you know, and then from there, um, journaling, even if it's just a short time, reflecting on what the day will present. I used to journal um, a lot about, like, my past, things that kept coming up. Yeah, And as I've started to process uh, energetically where I want my consciousness to be, I've been focusing more on like who am I going to see today and what do I want those interactions to be like. Usually it's, I'm going to meet with somebody and I want to listen. I'm going to sit with this person and I want to hear how they are or hold space for them or whatever. Um, Do you hold space for yourself? Go ahead. Do you hold space for yourself? It's important, Chris, you know, like for me, that first hour of the day, breathing, getting on mm. the yoga mat, mantra gets me balanced, right? Um, the other practice that I've really leaned into in the past year is the act of humming um, mm. to help soothe the vagus nerve. So when I feel my heart starting to race or I'm getting that anxiety, energy starting to present. I set a timer on my phone and I hum for five minutes and then I do a check-in and say, okay, what's the energy like? And like 99% of the time, it's like dramatically improved, right? Yeah. And then if it isn't, then I do it for another five minutes. So what am I out? I'm out 10 minutes, right? Worst case scenario is 10 minutes later, I still feel like haphazard so yeah um but that's something that for me i've really leaned into a lot in the past year
0: well i i I find all of this incredible um and i cannot thank you enough for sharing all of this with me today and uh thanks for talking to me
1: well thank you thanks for inviting me it's a honor to be here and to share um a little about my experience thank you chris
0: And there you have it. Isn't isn't he just the sweetest guy? I love that man to death. Uh, And if you love him to death and you want to get some coaching in your life, which I think you probably do, go ahead and go uh, and send an email to Aaron.Hainfully at gmail.com. That is A-A-R-O-N dot H-A-E-F-E-L-E at gmail.com. Uh, he's a great dude. He's a great teacher. He's, uh, he's just phenomenal. If you want to get some more coffee over suicide in your life, come to the meeting on Thursday. Each and every Thursday, we have a session in the morning and a session in the afternoon. If you want to know what it's all about, the best way to do that is show up. Go to meetup.com to find Coffee Over Suicide. And that's it for this week, folks. So until next time, don't kill yourselves out there.